Welcome to your weekly Nutrition Nuggets podcast. I'm Eric Williamson, PhD dietitian. I'm here with dietitian Abraham Andrakushan. We're here to distill the research on hot topics in nutrition into digestible and applicable takeaways. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Nuggets. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Nutrition Nuggets. And in this episode, we are going to discuss metabolism. We are kind of going to debunk about myths and information that is not necessarily true or proven by science. And we will bring actually what is evidence says about metabolism, slowing down of the metabolism, or how even if it's possible to boost metabolism. All right, welcome, Eric. How are you doing today? Good, eh? Abraham. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So let's jump into our very, very first question to our audience and uh, that they always wonder about what factors actually contribute to reduction of our metabolism as we age? Yeah, I mean, big question there. So first of all, I just want to clarify that metabolism is a lot more than just our metabolic rate at rest it's really all the processes that go on in our body that involve chemicals um and substrates like food but in colloquial terms so for the lay audience many of them use metabolism to describe energy or calorie expenditure throughout the day not from exercise so primarily what we're burning when we're just resting. And if we look at the effect of age on resting metabolism, resting metabolic rate, we see that it is different at the early part of life and at the later part of life, but not so much in the middle. So as at Young ages, when we're in childhood and our adolescent years, our metabolism is very high because we're growing. So that costs calories to grow, which means that our metabolism is higher at that time. However, from the ages of 20 to about 60, 65, our metabolism doesn't change very much on average. So the average person's metabolism will not change during the ages of 20 to 65. And then it could go down at that time. Now, I want to qualify this. Now, some people might be listening and be like, no way. There's no way it doesn't change. Okay. So it only doesn't change if our fat-free mass stays the same. So fat-free mass is literally everything in our body that isn't fat including organ tissue, bone tissue, and even muscle tissue. And if we don't lose a significant amount of particularly muscle tissue, as that's what changes across our lifespan, if we're not active, we lose muscle tissue. If we don't lose that muscle mass, then our metabolism will stay about the same. However, of course, if you are inactive, then you could lose muscle mass as you age, and that will cause a reduction in resting metabolic rate. One of the things I said too is that it does go down when we're older and when women um, 
or females finish menopause, then the reproductive system, it does not require as many calories. So that it contributes to reduction in metabolism. Also, as we're older, both men and women experience reductions in what's called bone turnover, muscle turnover, where there's less protein and things coming in and out of our bones and out of our muscle. Now, if we're active, we can preserve that to an extent, but on average, it goes down, and that means that there's less calories being expended on those things, too. So just to clarify to our audience, from what uh, you're saying is basically relying just on age alone, there won't be much of a metabolic reduction, and specifically at the age range between 20 and 60, where it's quite stable, uh, and the, if there are reduction in metabolic uh, metabolism, then most likely those other factors like the high muscle turnover is reduced or the bone turnover, as well as uh, hormonal shifts that's taking place that is causing into shift in metabolism. Yeah, so it's really those hormonal shifts that reduce reproductive function. So we're having... Mm -hmm less of those sex hormones, less testosterone. And then that is also contributing to the reductions in things like tissue turnover, bone and muscle. And because we're turning those over less, we're expending less calories. And just to clarify, so if somebody's muscle mass, fat-free mass is the same at age 20 as it is at age 60, then their metabolism will be about the same. Mm -hmm. And so there is no such a thing as majority of people think there as a linear reduction in metabolic rate as we age. As long as you maintain your muscle mass. I see. Yeah, between the ages of 20 and 60. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, can we like boost our metabolism if it kind of reduced for whatever factors that we talked about? Mm hmm. Yeah, well, certainly the first thing that might come to people's minds is muscle. When I talked about if your muscle mass stays the same across your lifespan, then your metabolism um, changes. So if muscle mass changes, then metabolism changes. And if you increase muscle mass, those have a small effect on metabolic rate, which we can discuss further. But I think when most people are searching for metabolism boosters, they are looking to supplements they may find something they may find certain types of exercise like high intensity interval training or something that has that afterburn effect and sometimes people will stumble across cold water where they have cold showers or cold, take cold baths they hear that that increases our metabolism and certainly all these things do increase our metabolism and even if you look in certain studies you'll see something that's really crazy like i have a cold water study in front of me and in the study it literally says intriguingly energy expenditure increased 500 to a thousand calories per 24 hours from these individuals swimming in cold water for 10 minutes so wow just to make it clear you're mentioning that it might increase five to one thousand calories for 10 minutes swimming in a cold water did i hear correct no so here's the thing you caught it what um, there's a key difference between what I said and what you said. 
you said for 10 minutes, I said for 24 hours. So in studies, that's often how metabolism, metabolic rate is, is reported. It's reported calories per 24 hours. Uh-huh. And that's the case here. However, they're only spending 10 minutes in the cold water. So if a person is only spending 10 minutes in cold water, then that means they're only getting a fraction of that. So when you do the math, it only ends up being an added caloric expenditure of about six calories. That's it. However, in studies, they often report calories per 24 hours. So if somebody were to spend 24 hours in cold water, which would be dangerous for developing hypothermia, but hypothetically, if you if somebody could, then yes, they would expend an extra 500 to 1,000 calories, but that's not what people do. They're often spending 10 minutes or less, and that means you're only getting a very small incremental increase. And this so is the then, same. Then yeah. the question really becomes here, if you are doing that 10 minutes cold water swimming just poorly for increasing your metabolism, does the cost uh, outweigh the benefits? Or does it <laughs> I work? would say it certainly does because six calories is really nothing in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> so if you're only spending 10 minutes in the cold water, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I'm not saying there are other benefits perhaps to cold water depending on but we shouldn't look to that for increasing metabolic rate. Same thing with certain types of exercise that have that afterburn that some people talk about. We're talking only maybe a 10% increase in our metabolic rate for the average person that's only that's going to be less than 10 calories uh, for an hour afterwards. So it only lasts at most an hour, the majority of it. Um, then after that, yes, exercise recovery, you have an increase in metabolic rate about five percent but that's any exercise you don't have to do high intensity training as long as it's stressful you'll get that increase and then people look at supplements as well there's things like caffeine uh capsaicin which is in hot peppers uh green tea extract and again many of these are you know 30 calories per day or less um if you take them that that one time because we have to remember how long they last in the body how long the effect lasts and it's not if you take it just once it's not going to be a full 24 hours so there's really not a ton we can do to boost our metabolism um if it's already normal and other than perhaps adding some muscle mass mm -hmm. so folks if you are thinking to do those springs out there or to uh, go into dipping yourself in a cold water for 10 minutes for the only sake of increasing your metabolism. As you can hear from Eric uh, in the science, the evidence says it doesn't really worth it. Now, what actually kind of impacting our metabolism, Eric? Hmm. Well, what we need to remember is that our metabolism serves a purpose. So we are not expending calories for no reason at all. Our organs are functioning and that is what's increasing our calorie expenditure. That's the primary thing. So if we had a significant reduction in metabolism, which can happen in some cases, 
then we have to ask why, because that's not going to be for no reason. Our body doesn't burn calories for no reason. So if we have a really large reduction in our metabolism, then that is often a sign that our organs are not functioning to their full capacity. And what we see in some of these populations that would have a lower metabolism, including in pathologies like hypothyroidism, is the gut isn't functioning as well. So there's often constipation, lots of digestive issues. Our muscles uh, don't adapt as well to exercise because there's a reduction in the turnover like I talked about. So we're not getting much more training. Our bone mineral density goes down because, again, the turnover of bone is lower. So they're not as strong. Things like that that are not good in the grand scheme of things for our health, that's what is allowing our body to expend less calories is reduction, reducing the activity of some of these organ systems. Mm-hmm. And is there like a way that, uh, that some people out there, like especially influencers with some credentials where they mention that, all right, so if you are having this kind of metabolic issues, let's reset your metabolism. Is that something actually possible? Well, like I said, there's a few different ways that our metabolism could become slower. Mm-hmm. There, If somebody loses a very large amount of weight, then there's research to suggest that their metabolism could become lower. If someone gets to very lean body fat levels, such as in starvation or controlled starvation, basically when somebody's doing like a bodybuilding competition or even some endurance athletes, they're getting to very lean levels for competition, then that can lower metabolism. And just in general, people, if, ha- if somebody has very high energy expenditures from exercise, then, and they're not consuming enough calories, then that can lower metabolism as well. So we have all these things that can lower metabolism. And the approach that we need to take to correct that is to directly impact those factors. So if somebody, is having a reduced metabolism because they are uh, very lean, have very low body fat levels, then we need to increase their weight in a controlled manner to the level Mm -hmm. that's required to get their metabolism back. Um, And same thing, if they have very high exercise levels, and that's often coupled with the uh, reduction in a large reduction in body weight, then if we can lower their exercise levels or increase their caloric intake if they're just trying to maintain weight then we can correct their metabolism in that way as well so from what i'm hearing is basically we can uh, not necessarily reset the metabolism but we can uh, play with the factors that have been shifted which cause the disruption in the metabolism to bring it back to what it used to be Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about this, suppressions in metabolism makes sense. It's our response to starvation because that's what the body is sensing. It prioritizes exercise. Exercises and physical activity is very important evolutionarily because that's what allowed us to go out and forage food and hunt. So it's not going to reduce caloric expenditure in that way. It's not going to tell us to 
not move or not allow us to move, it's going to allow the energy to be used for that and instead reduce some other processes to prevent further starvation. Right. And what we need to do basically is send the signals to the body that, hey, there's lots of calories in the environment. We don't need too much. We don't need to go way overboard with exercise energy expenditure. And we have sufficient body fat levels, which is basically what I sometimes refer to as our bank account, where yeah. we have some calories stored there that can be used. So we have to give our body these signals that these things are available so that it knows, okay, we know that we can spend these, these calories on organ function and we don't need to suppress things to avoid dying from starvation. Absolutely. And what will be the home take message for from this episode if we are going to leave our audience with one thing when they really worried about like their metabolism or they are very overthinking about it of like basic suppressing their metabolism. They, they have a suppressed metabolism. That's why they are not achieving outcome or result. So what uh, one message to give them? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say there's not differences in metabolism between individuals. There certainly is. If you look at the average and some people will have a higher resting metabolic rate than what's average and some people will have a lower and that's like all areas of life. But one thing we need to recognize too is that our resting metabolic rate is actually something that's very a very small contributor to changes in body weight. I know that might sound surprising, but on average, it's not a very large contributor. Studies show that there's actually no relationship between somebody's metabolism and how successful they are at losing weight or how successful they are at keeping weight off. So even though somebody could have a higher metabolism, doesn't mean that they're not going to gain weight throughout their life like the average person does um, in North America or that they would lose weight any faster uh, when on a hypocaloric diet compared to someone else. So I think that what we need to consider is not focus so much on calorie expenditure uh, through metabolism, metabolism boosters. For the majority of people, that's what I would I say was one takeaway here. Don't focus on trying to boost your metabolism. If you are actually experiencing a slow metabolism, if you have the symptoms of it, if you have digestive issues, if you're exercising and you're not feeling like your your performance is improving, you're not getting started, you're not getting endurance. If you are feeling tired all the time, if you're having trouble sleeping. Um, these are all signs that your metabolism could be suppressed. And that'll be, you'll be at higher risk if you are exercising a lot or if you're trying to maintain a hypochloric diet, like if you're trying to lose weight. Couple those two things together, then you're at a very high risk. So if that is the case, and certainly talk to someone like us <laughs> that knows about this stuff. Um, and can have proper testing done, such as a blood test to give us further insight to whether this may actually be the case. Because remember, a slow metabolism, if that is actually occurring, if your metabolism is suppressed, that is not good. That is something that we need to correct. So that, those are my two main takeaways here. For the most part, most people should not worry too much or should not focus on energy calorie expenditure for metabolism and arrested metabolism. Um, if they're trying to manipulate their body composition, then they should really be focused more so on the energy intake side of the equation. So 
appetite and such, again, working with a professional for that. And then for those who really do feel like maybe they're showing some of those symptoms of having the slow metabolism, uh, talk with someone, talk with um, a dietitian, talk with a sports dietitian or a sports medicine doctor, um, or at the very least a, a family doctor. But usually those who work in sport are exposed to this because of the factor of the high energy levels. So we're very well trained to, to look for these, um, these pathologies. Exactly. Thank you so much, uh, Eric. All right, so I hope you guys find some helpful, beneficial uh, information and tips from this episode. And uh, if you have any more detailed question regarding or related to metabolism, feel free to reach out to me at Abraham Dietitian or at Unlocked Fitness and Nutrition. Stay tuned for our next episode as they come up. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Nuggets podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Share it with your friends and give us a rating. We really appreciate that. And make sure to go to at Nutrition Nuggets on Instagram to watch the videos as they come up.